Good morning. After a two-week hiatus, your pastor's back with a new sermon series entitled Airplane Mode. Uh, Throughout this sermon series, uh, we're going to take a deep look at uh, prayer. And I just think about the song that we just uh, sang where we uh, give God uh, the glory uh, because he's worthy, he's honor, uh, worthy to be uh, glorified and lifted up. And um, this whole sermon series is about uh, what it means in prayer uh, to really give glory to God. And today I hope we can lay that foundation in Matthew chapter 6 as Jesus teaches about prayer. Uh, Let's read that passage there in Matthew chapter 6 together as we uh, take a look at today's uh, text. Jesus says to be careful. Be careful not to practice your your righteousness in front of others, to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven, Jesus says. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues, and on the streets to be honored by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be done in secret. And then your father, who sees what's done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they've received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your father who is unseen, and then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, don't keep babbling on like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for the Father you knows you and what you need before you even ask him. Let's, let's pray together. Father, we are uh, grateful that you hear our prayers How grateful we are for your son, Jesus Christ, who draws us together and draws us together to you. And I pray that your spirit will just move as we study your word. We pray that our eyes and our ears and our minds, our hearts, everything will be softened so we can hear clearly what you have to say to us this morning. Speak to us, Lord, through your spirit Through your word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, our passage today is right smack dab in the middle of Jesus' teaching that we know as a sermon on the mount. The purpose for Jesus' sermon is to widen conservative Jewish views on various topics. For example, Jews in the first century world would view adultery as sinful, and we do too. Jesus says that even looking at a woman, or can be applied a man, lustfully, Jesus says even that is adultery. See how he widens, he stretches 
our understanding of sin. He stretches what sin looks like in the kingdom of God, in his world. And in our passage today, Jesus addresses three of the cardinal components of Jewish piety. Three of the cardinal components of Jewish piety, which are almsgiving, prayer, and fasting. These aren't the only components of piety, but those are three big ones. And these three components were followed by strict religious observers of the day, almsgiving, prayer, and fasting. As I was reading the passage, there's one word that's spoken more than any of the others. Did you catch that word? Reward. Reward. He, he talked about rewards over and over again. So Jesus is teaching on religious piety. He's re- teaching about religious piety, but reward is the word that he chooses to repeat over and over. Maybe he does this to help us consider the reward as we honor God through pious acts. For example, let's say after the service today, you go around the corner and you grab one of the bags of hope. You keep it in your car. You're on your way to get some food after the service. You come across a homeless man who's asking for money at an intersection. So you engage this man, ask him his name, have a conversation with him, give him a bag of hope. The question that Jesus addresses is, how are you rewarded by your pious actions? You see, some of the religious leaders of that day wanted the news crew to show up while they were giving their alms to the poor. They wanted to gather a crowd so that the crowd could hear their very articulate prayers. And when they fasted, we're told they disfigured their face, they looked somber so people would know how hungry they were and really know how pious they were. We're kind of pick, we kind of painted that picture in Mark chapter 12. As Jesus sat down at the opposite place where the offerings were put in, he watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Do you picture that scene in your mind? Do you picture what the rich people are wearing, what the rich people are putting into the offering plate, the clinging of the coins as they dump their wealth into the offering. But there was a poor widow, we're told, who came and put in two very small copper coins. Do you hear it? Think, think. Not the same tone that comes from a gold coin. We're told that it was only worth a few cents. So Jesus called his disciples to him and said, Truly I tell you, 
This poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put everything in, all that she had to live on. Now, I try to put myself in the shoes of the disciples of that day. Did you see the widow put in the coins? Did, did you, if you're putting yourself in the shoes of the disciples, did you even see it? I wonder if some of them were like, oh, yeah, 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 I saw that. Because no one saw the widow. No one cared about her two tiny little copper coins. She's not going to get a building named after her. There's not a brick that's going to have her name there at the temple. Her gift was seemingly insignificant. But we're told that Jesus saw her. And not only saw her, but saw her gift as significant and sincere. And I'm going to tell you what, no matter how much I give, I hope Jesus sees it. No matter how much I give, I hope that Jesus sees it. When I pray, when I fast, when I give, I want to be seen and heard by God. And so Jesus addresses a question that people have been asking for years. How are we seen and heard by God? Because the world has lots of ideas for us, don't they? The world tells us that we should be big, that we should be loud, that we should be lavish, right? YouTube and TikTok are platforms where people try to be seen and heard. What kind of video can I produce that will get me more views and likes? People have thought of the most creative and some of the most disturbing stunts to be seen and heard. And there's some religious folks around who have treated God the same way. It's nothing new. Do you all remember the scene in 1 Kings chapter 18? If you've ever been through Debbie's Sunday school class, you know the story. You read a story about Elijah confronting the prophets of Baal and Asherah. He summoned, Elijah summoned 450 prophets of Baal, 400 prophets of Asherah to come join me at Mount Carmel. And there they will provide an audience with a chance to see whose God is real. 850 prophets versus just Elijah. And we're going to see whose God is real. And they set up two altars. And whoever could get their God to send fire from heaven and to burn up the altar would win. And read with me how the story goes. So the prophets of Baal took the bowl given to them and they prepared it. They then called on the name of Baal from morning 
until noon. Hours and hours of them saying these words, Baal, answer us, they shouted. But there was no response and no one answered. They danced around the altar they had made. And at noon, Elijah began to taunt them. He said, shout louder. Surely he is a God. Perhaps he's in deep thought. Or maybe he's busy. Or, or maybe he's traveling. Maybe he's sleeping and he's got to be woken up. So they shouted louder. They began to cut themselves with swords and spears. That was their custom. Their blood, it flowed. Midday passed. They continued their frantic prophesying until the time for the evening sacrifice. But listen, no one answered. No one responded. No one paid attention. Do you hear that? They were big. They were loud. They were lavish. But no one heard their cries. And so Elijah prays this simple prayer. At the time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel, that I'm your servant, and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me so these people will know you, Lord, are God, and that you are turning their hearts back Again, and this time someone did answer because fire fell from the Lord and it burned up the sacrifice, it burned up the wood, it burned up the stones, it burned up the soil, and it licked up every water in that shrimp. Because Eli, Elijah was simple, he was direct, he was sincere. He prayed to the Lord. God isn't looking for some big, loud, lavish prayer to be heard. In fact, Jesus says that we should go into our rooms, that we should shut the door, that we should be praying in secret. No one can hear the words that you're going to use. No one can see your lavish clothing that you may be wearing. No one will be impressed by your posture. There's only an audience of one. The whole idea behind this sermon series is that we need to unplug from the world and plug into God. That we need to find more times that we can unplug, that we can focus on God. A couple weeks ago, uh, Liza and I called our copy machine company uh, because we wanted to hook up the copy machine to the Wi-Fi. Now, I'm, I'm pretty good at handling all things IT, uh, but this kind of stumped me. And the IT department and I went back and forth several times until the guy on the other line had me download an app and he connected remotely to my computer. 
He literally had control of my computer remotely, was opening up appropriate places, by the, by the way, to connect my computer to the copy machine's modem. Wow, what a vulnerable state I was in. This guy could have opened up a browser, plugged into my bank account, and just drained me dry, right? And this guy wasn't even in Knoxville. Do you know how to disconnect if someone has access to your computer? Airplane mode. Disconnect it from the internet. Unplug it from the internet. They can't touch your computer anymore. Ironically, this is really what we're talking about doing today. How can we connect with God? Disconnect from the world. Unplug your router. Turn off your phone. Go into your room and shut the door. God wants to reward you with his presence. He wants to reward you with his eyes and his ears as he intimately listens to your prayers. My challenge then to you is to do just that. As we go through this sermon series, will you unplug your phones a little bit more? Will you go into your rooms and shut the door a little bit more and really focus on connecting with God in prayer. Now, what a reward we get to celebrate this morning because we gather around this table every Sunday to eat bread and juice and celebrate the reward of a new life found in Jesus Christ. He volunteered his life for your life. Our sins have been nailed to the cross. And as we sing this next song, All in All, would you go to one of these communion stations that are set up? The bottom cup has the bread, the top cup has the juice, which represents the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Hold these cups as we celebrate through song. And then Austin's going to come forward and share a few thoughts as we take the bread and the juice together. Will you pray with me, please? Father, I just want to say thank you for your son. An example of love and life. Help us to follow his example and his teaching in everything that we do. Father, I pray that we are all convicted in our hearts to draw closer to you in prayer. And as we gather around this time this morning to celebrate your sacrifice, I pray that it'll be a time of contemplation and a time of worship as we celebrate you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.